0: section 18 of report on the investigation into russian interference in the 2016 presidential election this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by mike overby midland washington report on the investigation into russian interference In the 2016 presidential election, by Robert Mueller. Section I. The President Orders McGahn to Deny that the President Tried to Fire the Special Counsel. Overview. In late January 2018, the media reported that in June 2017, the President had ordered McGahn to have the Special Counsel fired based on purported conflicts of interest. But McGahn had refused, saying he would quit instead. After the story broke, the President, through his special counsel and two aides, sought to have McGahn deny that he had been directed to remove the special counsel. Each time he was approached, McGahn responded that he would not refute the press accounts, because they were accurate in reporting on the President's efforts to have the special counsel removed. The President later personally met McGahn in the Oval Office with only the Chief of Staff present, and tried to get McGahn to say that the President never ordered him to fire the special counsel. McGahn refused and insisted his memory of the President's direction to remove the Special Counsel was accurate. In that same meeting, the President challenged McGahn for taking notes of his discussions with the President and asked why he had told the Special Counsel investigators that he had been directed to have the Special Counsel removed. Evidence Subsection 1 The Press Reports That the President Tried to Fire the Special Counsel on January 25, 2018, the New York Times reported that in June 2017, the president had ordered McGahn to have the Department of Justice fire the special counsel. According to the article, quote, amid the first wave of news media reports that Mr. Mueller was examining a possible obstruction case, the president began to argue that Mr. Mueller had three conflicts of interest that disqualified him from overseeing the investigation. The article further reported that, quote, after receiving the president's order to fire Mr. Mueller, the White House counsel refused to ask the Justice Department to dismiss the special counsel, saying he would quit instead. The article stated that the president, quote, ultimately backed down after the White House counsel threatened to resign rather than carry out the directive. After the article was published, the president dismissed the story when asked about it by reporters, saying, quote, Fake news, folks. Fake news. A typical New York Times fake story the next day the washington post reported on the same event but added that mcgann had not told the president directly that he intended to resign rather than carry out the directive to have the special counsel terminated in that respect the post story clarified the time story which could be read to suggest that mcgann had told the president of his intention to quit causing the president to back down from the order to have the special counsel fired subsection two the president seeks to have mcgann dispute the press reports on january twenty sixth twenty eighteen the President's personal counsel called McGahn's attorney and said that the President wanted McGann to put out a statement denying that he had been asked to fire the special counsel, and that he had threatened to quit in protest. McGann's attorney spoke with McGahn about that request, and then called the President's personal counsel to relay that McGann would not make a statement. McGann's attorney informed the President's personal counsel that the Times story was accurate in reporting that the President wanted the special counsel removed. Accordingly, McGann's attorney said... Although the article was inaccurate in some other respects, McGann could not comply with the president's request to dispute the story. Hicks recalled relaying to the president that one of his attorneys had spoken to McGann's attorney about the issue. Also on January 26, 2017, Hicks recalled that the president asked Sanders to contact McGann about the story. McGann told Sanders there was no need to respond and indicated that some of the article was accurate. Consistent with that position, McGann did not correct the Times story. On February fourth, 2018, Priebus appeared on Meet the Press and said he had not heard the President say that he wanted the special counsel fired. After Priebus's appearance, the President called Priebus and said he did a great job on Meet the Press. The President also told Priebus that the President had never said any of those things about the special counsel. The next day, on February 5th, 2018, the President complained about the Times article to Porter. The President told Porter that the article was, quote, bullshit, and he had not sought to terminate the special counsel. The president said that McGahn leaked to the media to make himself look good. The president then directed Porter to tell McGahn to create a record, to make clear that the president never directed McGahn to fire the special counsel. Porter thought the matter should be handled by the White House Communications Office, but the president said he wanted McGahn to write a letter to the file, quote, for our records, and wanted something beyond a press statement, to demonstrate that the reporting was inaccurate. The president referred to McGahn as a, quote, lying bastard and said that he wanted a record from him. Porter recalled the president, saying something to the effect of, quote, "'If he doesn't write a letter, maybe I'll have to get rid of him.'" Later that day, Porter spoke to McGann to deliver the president's message. Porter told McGann that he had to write a letter to dispute that he was ever ordered to terminate the special counsel. McGahn shrugged off the request, explaining that the media reports were true. McGann told Porter that the president had been insistent on firing the special counsel, and that McGann had planned to resign rather than carry out the order, although he had not personally told the president he intended to quit. Porter told McGahn that the president suggested that McGann would be fired if he did not write the letter. McGann dismissed the threat, saying that the optics would be terrible if the president followed through on firing him on that basis. McGann said he would not write the letter the president had requested. Porter said that to his knowledge the issue of McGann's letter never came up with the president again, but Porter did recall telling Kelly about his conversation with McGann the next day on february sixth twenty eighteen kelly scheduled time for mcgann to meet with him and the president in the oval office to discuss the times article the morning of the meeting the president's personal counsel called mcgann's attorney and said that the president was going to be speaking with mcgann and mcgann could not resign no matter what happened in the meeting the president began the oval office meeting by telling mcgann that the new york times story did not quote look good and mcgann needed to correct it mcgann recalled the president said quote, I never said to fire, Mueller. I never said fire. This story doesn't look good. You need to correct this. You're the White House counsel. In response, McGann acknowledged that he had not told the president directly that he planned to resign, but said that the story was otherwise accurate. The president asked McGann, "Did I say the word fire?" McGann responded, quote, "What you said is call Rod Rosenstein. Tell Rod that Mueller has conflicts and can't be the special counsel." the president responded quote, i never said that the president said he merely wanted mcgann to raise the conflicts issue with rosenstein and leave it to him to decide what to do mcgann told the president that he did not understand the conversation that way and instead had heard quote, call rod there are conflicts Mueller has to go the president asked mcgann whether he would quote, do a correction and mcgann said no mcgann thought the president was testing his mettle to see how committed mcgann was to what happened kelly described the meeting as quote a little tense the president also asked mcgann in the meeting why he had told special counsel's office investigators that the president had told him to have the special counsel removed mcgann responded that he had to and that his conversations with the president were not protected by attorney-client privilege the president then asked quote what about these notes why do you take notes lawyers don't take notes i never had a lawyer who took notes McGann responded that he keeps notes because he is a, quote, real lawyer, and explained that notes create a record and are not a bad thing. The president said, quote, I've had a lot of great lawyers, like Roy Cohn. He did not take notes. After the Oval Office meeting concluded, Kelly recalled McGahn telling him that McGahn and the president, quote, did have that conversation about removing the special counsel. McGann recalled that Kelly said that he had pointed out to the President, after the Oval Office, that McGahn had not backed down and would not budge. Following the Oval Office meeting, the President's personal counsel called McGahn's counsel and relayed that the President was, quote, fine with McGahn. Analysis In analyzing the President's efforts to have McGahn deny that he had been ordered to have the special counsel removed, the following evidence is relevant to the elements of obstruction of justice. A. Obstructive Act the president's repeated efforts to get mcgahn to create a record denying that the president had directed him to remove the special counsel would qualify as an obstructive act if it had the natural tendency to constrain mcgahn from testifying truthfully or to undermine his credibility as a potential witness if he testified consistently with his memory rather than with what the record said there is some evidence that at the time the New York Times and Washington Post stories were published in late January 2018, the President believed the stories were wrong and that he had never told McGahn to have Rosenstein remove the special counsel. The President correctly understood that McGahn had not told the President directly that he planned to resign. In addition, the President told Priebus and Porter that he had not sought to terminate the special counsel, and in the Oval Office meeting with McGahn, the President said, quote, I never said to fire, Mueller. I never said fire that evidence could indicate that the president was not attempting to persuade mcgann to change his story but was instead offering his own but different recollection of the substance of his june twenty seventeen conversations with mcgann and McGahn's reaction to them other evidence cuts against that understanding of the president's conduct as previously described see volume two section two dot e supra substantial evidence supports mcgann's account that the president had directed him to have the special counsel removed including the timing and context of the president's directive the manner in which McGann reacted, and the fact that the president had been told the conflicts were insubstantial, were being considered by the Department of Justice, and should be raised with the president's personal counsel rather than brought to McGann. In addition, the president's subsequent denials that he had told McGann to have the special counsel removed were carefully worded. When first asked about the New York Times story, the president said, Fake news, folks. Fake news. A typical New York Times fake story and when the president spoke with McGahn in the oval office he focused on whether he had used the word fire saying i never said to fire muller i never said fire and did i say the word fire the president's assertion in the oval office meeting that he had never directed McGahn to have the special counsel removed thus runs counter to the evidence in addition even if the president sincerely disagreed with McGahn's memory of the june seventeenth twenty seventeen events the evidence indicates that the president knew by the time of the oval office meeting that McGann's account differed and that McGann was firm in his views. Shortly after the story broke the president's counsel told McGann's counsel that the president wanted McGann to make a statement denying that he had been asked to fire the special counsel but McGann responded through his counsel that that aspect of the story was accurate and he therefore could not comply with the president's request. The president then directed Sanders to tell McGann to correct the story but McGann told her he would not do so because the story was accurate in reporting on the president's order. Consistent with that position, McGann never issued a correction. More than a week later, the president brought up the issue again with Porter, made comments indicating the president thought McGahn had leaked the story, and directed Porter to have McGann create a record denying that the president had tried to fire the special counsel. At that point, the president said he might, quote, have to get rid of McGann if McGahn did not comply mcgann again refused and told porter as he had told sanders and as his counsel had told the president's counsel that the president had in fact ordered him to have rosenstein remove the special counsel that evidence indicates that by the time of the oval office meeting the president was aware that mcgann did not think the story was false and did not want to issue a statement or create a written record denying facts that mcgann believed to be true the president nevertheless persisted and asked mcgann to repudiate facts that mcgann had repeatedly said were accurate B. Nexus to an official proceeding. By January 2018, the special counsel's use of a grand jury had been further confirmed by the return of several indictments. The president also was aware that the special counsel was investigating obstruction related events because, among other things, on January 8, 2018, the special counsel's office provided his counsel with a detailed list of topics for a possible interview with the president. The president knew that McGahn had personal knowledge of many of the events the special counsel was investigating and that mcgahn had already been interviewed by special counsel investigators and in the oval office meeting the president indicated he knew that mcgahn had told the special counsel's office about the president's efforts to remove the special counsel the president challenged mcgahn for disclosing that information and for taking notes that he viewed as creating unnecessary legal exposure that evidence indicates the president's awareness that the june seventeenth twenty seventeen events were relevant to the special counsel's investigation and any grand jury investigation that might grow out of it To establish a nexus, it would be necessary to show that the president's actions would have the natural tendency to affect such a proceeding, or that they would hinder, delay, or prevent the communication of information to investigators. Because McGahn had spoken to special counsel investigators before January 2018, the president could not have been seeking to influence his prior statements in those interviews. But because McGahn had repeatedly spoken to investigators and the obstruction inquiry was not complete, it was foreseeable that he would be interviewed again on obstruction related topics. If the president were focused solely on a press strategy and seeking to have McGann refute the New York Times article, a nexus to a proceeding or to further investigative interviews would not be shown. But the president's efforts to have McGahn write a letter, quote, for our records, approximately 10 days after the story came out, well past the typical time to issue a correction for a news story, indicates the president was not focused solely on a press strategy, but instead likely contemplated the ongoing investigation and any proceedings arising from it c intent substantial evidence indicates that in repeatedly urging McGahn to dispute that he was ordered to have the special counsel terminated the president acted for the purpose of influencing McGahn's account in order to deflect or prevent further scrutiny of the president's conduct towards the investigation several facts support that conclusion the president made repeated attempts to get McGahn to change his story as described above by the time of the last attempt the evidence suggests that the president had been told on multiple occasions that mcgann believed the president had ordered him to have the special counsel terminated mcgann interpreted his encounter with the president in the oval office as an attempt to test his mettle and see how committed he was to his memory of what had occurred the president had already laid the groundwork for pressing mcgann to alter his account by telling porter that it might be necessary to fire mcgann if he did not deny the story and porter relayed that statement to mcgann Additional evidence of the president's intent may be gleaned from the fact that his counsel was sufficiently alarmed by the prospect of the president's meeting with McGahn that he called McGahn's counsel and said McGahn could not resign no matter what happened in the Oval Office that day. The president's counsel was well aware of McGahn's resolve not to issue what he believed to be a false account of events, despite the president's request. Finally, as noted above, the president brought up the special counsel investigation in his Oval Office meeting with McGahn, and criticized him for telling the office about the June 17th, 2017 events. The President's statements reflect his understanding, and his displeasure, that those events would be part of an obstruction of justice inquiry. Section J. The President's Conduct Towards Flynn, Manafort, and Redacted Harm to Ongoing Matter Overview. In addition to the interactions with McGann described above, the president has taken other actions directed at possible witnesses in the special counsel's investigation, including Flynn, Manafort, redacted harm to ongoing matter, and, as described in the next section, Cohen. When Flynn withdrew from a joint defense agreement with the president, the president's personal counsel stated that Flynn's actions would be viewed as reflecting, quote, hostility toward the president. During Manafort's prosecution, and while the jury was deliberating, The President repeatedly stated that Manafort was being treated unfairly, and made it known that Manafort could receive a pardon. Redacted. Harm to ongoing matter. Evidence. Subsection 1. Conduct directed at Michael Flynn. As previously noted, see Volume 2, Section 2.B. Supra, the President asked for Flynn's resignation on February 13th, 2017 following flynn's resignation the president made positive public comments about flynn describing him as a quote, wonderful man quote, a fine person and a quote, very good person the president also privately asked advisers to pass messages to flynn conveying that the president still cared about him and encouraging him to stay strong in late november twenty seventeen flynn began to cooperate with this office on november twenty second twenty seventeen flynn withdrew from a joint defense agreement he had with the president Flynn's counsel told the President's personal counsel, and counsel for the White House, that Flynn could no longer have confidential communication with the White House or the President. Later that night, the President's personal counsel left a voicemail for Flynn's counsel that said, quote, I understand the situation, but let me see if I can't state it in darker terms. It wouldn't surprise me if you've gone on to make a deal with the government. If... There's information that implicates the president, then we've got a national security issue. So, you know, we need some kind of heads up. Um, Just for the sake of protecting all our interests, if we can. Remember what we've always said about the president and his feelings towards Flynn, and that still remains on november twenty third twenty seventeen flynn's attorneys returned the call from the president's personal counsel to acknowledge receipt of the voicemail flynn's attorneys reiterated that they were no longer in a position to share information under any sort of privilege according to flynn's attorneys the president's personal counsel was indignant and vocal in his disagreement the president's personal counsel said that he interpreted what they said to him as a reflection of flynn's hostility towards the president and that he planned to inform his client of that interpretation Flynn's attorneys understood that statement to be an attempt to make them reconsider their position because the president's personal counsel believed that Flynn would be disturbed to know that such a message would be conveyed to the president. On December 1st, 2017, Flynn pleaded guilty to making false statements pursuant to a cooperation agreement. The next day, the president told the press that he was not concerned about what Flynn might tell the special counsel. In response to a question about whether the president still stood behind Flynn, the president responded, quote, We'll see what happens. Over the next several days, the president made public statements expressing sympathy for Flynn and indicating he had not been treated fairly. On December 15th, 2017, the president reported to a press inquiry about whether he was considering a pardon for Flynn by saying, quote, I don't want to talk about pardons for Michael Flynn yet. We'll see what happens. Let's see. I can say this. When you look at what's gone on with the FBI and with the Justice Department, people are very, very angry. Subsection 2. Conduct Directed at Paul Manafort on october twenty seventh twenty seventeen a grand jury in the district of columbia indicted manafort and former deputy campaign manager richard gates on multiple felony counts and on february twenty second twenty eighteen a grand jury in the eastern district of virginia indicted manafort and gates on additional felony counts the charges in both cases alleged criminal conduct by manafort that began as early as two thousand five and continued through twenty eighteen In January 2018, Manafort told Gates that he had talked to the President's personal counsel, and they were, quote, going to take care of us. Manafort told Gates it was stupid to plead, saying that he had been in touch with the President's personal counsel, and repeating that they should, quote, sit tight, and, quote, will be taken care of. Gates asked Manafort outright if anyone mentioned pardons, and Manafort said no one used that word. As the proceedings against Manafort progressed in court, the president told porter that he never liked manafort and that manafort did not know what he was doing on the campaign the president discussed with aides whether and in what way manafort might be cooperating with the special counsel's investigation and whether manafort knew any information that would be harmful to the president in public the president made statements criticizing the prosecution and suggesting that manafort was being treated unfairly on june fifteenth twenty eighteen before a scheduled court hearing that day on whether manafort's bail should be revoked based on new charges that manafort had tampered with witnesses while out on bail the president told the press i feel badly about a lot of them because i think a lot of it was very unfair i mean i look at some of them where they go back twelve years like manafort has nothing to do with our campaign but i feel so i tell you i feel a little badly about it they went back twelve years to get things that he did twelve years ago I feel badly for some people, because they've gone back 12 years to find things about somebody, and I don't think it's right. In response to a question about whether he was considering a pardon for Manafort or other individuals involved in the special counsel's investigation, the president said, quote, I don't want to talk about that. No, I don't want to talk about that. But, look, I do want to see people treated fairly. That's what it's all about. Hours later, Manafort's bail was revoked, and the president tweeted, quote, wow what a tough sentence for paul manafort who has represented ronald reagan bob dole and many other top political people and campaigns didn't know manafort was the head of the mob what about comey and crooked hillary and all the others very unfair immediately following the revocation of manafort's bail the president's personal lawyer rudolph giuliani gave a series of interviews in which he raised the possibility of a pardon for manafort giuliani told the new york daily news that When the whole thing is over, things might get cleaned up with some presidential pardons. Giuliani also said in an interview that, although the president should not pardon anyone while the special counsel's investigation was ongoing, quote, When the investigation is concluded, he's kind of on his own, right? In a CNN interview two days later, Giuliani said, quote, I guess I should clarify this once and for all. The president has issued no pardons in this investigation. The president is not going to issue pardons in this investigation when it's over. Hey, He's the President of the United States. He retains his pardon power. Nobody's taken that away from him. Giuliani rejected the suggestion that his and the President's comments could signal to defendants that they should not cooperate in a criminal prosecution because a pardon might follow, saying the comments were, quote, certainly not intended that way. Giuliani said the comments only acknowledged that an individual involved in the investigation would not be, quote, excluded from a pardon if, in fact, the President and his advisors come to the conclusion that you've been treated unfairly giuliani observed that pardons were not unusual in political investigations but said quote, that doesn't mean it's going to happen here doesn't mean that anybody should rely on it big signal is nobody has been pardoned yet on july thirty first twenty eighteen manafort's criminal trial began in the eastern district of virginia generating substantial news coverage the next day the president tweeted quote, this is a terrible situation and attorney general jeff sessions should stop this rigged witch hunt right now before it continues to stain our country any further bob muller is totally conflicted and his seventeen angry democrats that are doing his dirty work are a disgrace to the u s a minutes later the president tweeted quote, paul manafort worked for ronald reagan bob dole and many other highly prominent and respected political leaders he worked for me for a very short time why didn't government tell me that he was under investigation? These old charges have nothing to do with collusion. A hoax. Later in the day, the president tweeted, quote, Looking back on history, who has been treated worse? Alphonse Capone, legendary mob boss, killer, and public enemy number one? Or Paul Manafort, political operative, and Reagan Dole Darling, now serving solitary confinement, although convicted of nothing? Where is the Russian collusion? The president's tweets about the Manafort trial were widely covered by the press. When asked about the president's tweets, Sanders told the press, quote, Certainly the president's been clear. He thinks Paul Manafort's been treated unfairly. On August 16th, 2018, the Manafort case was submitted to the jury and deliberations began. At that time, Giuliani had recently suggested to reporters that the special counsel investigation needed to be, quote, done in the next two or three weeks. And media stories reported that a Manafort acquittal would add to criticism that the special counsel investigation was not worth the time and expense whereas a conviction could show that ending the investigation would be premature. On August 17th, 2018, as jury deliberations continued, the president commented on the trial from the South Lawn of the White House. In an impromptu exchange with reporters that lasted approximately five minutes, the president twice called the special counsel's investigation a, quote, rigged witch hunt. When asked whether he would pardon Manafort if he was convicted, the president said, quote, I don't talk about that now. I don't talk about that the president then added without being asked a further question i think the whole manafort trial is very sad when you look at what's going on there i think it's a very sad day for our country he worked for me for a very short period of time but you know what he happens to be a very good person and i think it's very sad what they've done to paul manafort the president did not take further questions in response to the president's statements manafort's attorney said mr manafort really appreciates the support of president trump On August 21, 2018, the jury found Manafort guilty on eight felony counts. Also on August 21, Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to eight offenses, including a campaign finance violation that he said had occurred, quote, in coordination with and at the direction of a candidate for federal office. The president reacted to Manafort's convictions that day by telling reporters, quote, Paul Manafort's a good man, and, quote, it's a very sad thing that happened the president described the special counsel investigation as the witch hunt that ends in disgrace the next day the president tweeted i feel very badly for paul manafort and his wonderful family justice took a twelve-year-old tax case among other things applied tremendous pressure on him and unlike michael cohen he refused to break make up stories in order to get a deal such respect for a brave man in a Fox News interview on August 22nd, 2018, the president said, quote, Cohen makes a better deal when he uses me, like everybody else. And one of the reasons I respect Paul Manafort so much is he went through that trial. You know, they make up stories. People make up stories. This whole thing about flipping, they call it. I know all about flipping. The president said that flipping was, quote, not fair and, quote, almost ought to be outlawed. In response to a question about whether he was considering a pardon for Manafort, the president said, Quote, i have great respect for what he's done in terms of what he's gone through he worked for many many people many many years and i would say what he did some of the charges they threw against him every consultant every lobbyist in washington probably does giuliani told journalists that the president quote really thinks manafort has been horribly treated and that he and the president had discussed the political fallout if the president pardoned manafort the next day giuliani told the washington post that the president had asked his lawyers for advice on the possibility of a pardon for manafort and other aides and had been counseled against considering a pardon until the investigation concluded on september fourteenth twenty eighteen manafort pleaded guilty to charges in the district of columbia that required him to cooperate with investigators giuliani was reported to have publicly said that manafort remained in a joint defense agreement with the president following manafort's guilty plea and agreement to cooperate and that manafort's attorneys regularly briefed the president's lawyers on the topics discussed and the information manafort had provided in interviews with the special counsel's office on november twenty sixth twenty eighteen the special counsel's office disclosed in a public court filing that manafort had breached his plea agreement by lying about multiple subjects the next day giuliani said that the president had been upset for weeks about what he considered to be the un-american horrible treatment of manafort in an interview on November 28th, 2018, the president suggested that it was, quote, very brave that Manafort did not, quote, flip. Quote, if you told the truth, you go to jail. You know, this flipping stuff is terrible. You flip and you lie and you get. The prosecutors will tell you 99% of the time they can get people to flip. It's rare that they can't. But I had three people, Manafort, Corsi. I don't know Corsi, but he refused to say what they demanded. Manafort, Corsi, redacted harm to ongoing matters. It's actually very brave. In response to a question about a potential pardon for Manafort, the president said, It was never discussed, but I wouldn't take it off the table. Why would I take it off the table? Section 3. Redacted. Harm to ongoing matter. Analysis. In analyzing the president's conduct toward Flynn, Manafort, redacted, harm to ongoing matter, the following evidence is relevant to the elements of obstruction of justice. A. Obstructive act the president's actions towards witnesses in the special counsel's investigation would qualify as obstructive if they had the natural tendency to prevent particular witnesses from testifying truthfully or otherwise would have the probable effect of influencing delaying or preventing their testimony to law enforcement with regard to flynn the president sent private and public messages to flynn encouraging him to stay strong and conveying that the president still cared about him before he began to cooperate with the government when Flynn's attorneys withdrew him from a joint defense agreement with the president, signaling that Flynn was potentially cooperating with the government, the president's personal counsel initially reminded Flynn's counsel of the president's warm feelings towards Flynn, and said, quote, that still remains. But when Flynn's counsel reiterated that Flynn could no longer share information under a joint defense agreement, the president's personal counsel stated that the decision would be interpreted as reflecting Flynn's hostility towards the president. That sequence of events could have had the potential to affect Flynn's decision to cooperate, as well as the extent of that cooperation. Because of privilege issues, however, we could not determine whether the president was personally involved in or knew about the specific message his counsel delivered to Flynn's counsel. With respect to Manafort, there is evidence that the president's actions had the potential to influence Manafort's decision whether to cooperate with the government. The president and his personal counsel made repeated statements suggesting that a pardon was a possibility for Manafort while also making it clear that the president did not want manafort to quote flip and coordinate with the government on june fifteenth twenty eighteen the day the judge presiding over manafort's d c case was considering whether to revoke his bail the president said that he quote felt badly for manafort and stated quote i think a lot of it was very unfair and when asked about a pardon for manafort the president said quote i do want to see people treated fairly that's what it's all about Later that day, after Manafort's bail was revoked, the president called it a, quote, tough sentence that was, quote, very unfair. Two days later, the president's personal counsel stated that individuals involved in the special counsel's investigation could receive a pardon, quote, if, in fact, the president and his advisors come to the conclusion that you have been treated unfairly, using language that paralleled how the president had already described the treatment of Manafort those statements combined with the president's commendation of manafort for being a brave man who refused to break suggested that a pardon was a more likely possibility if manafort continued not to cooperate with the government and while manafort eventually pleaded guilty pursuant to a cooperation agreement he was found to have violated the agreement by lying to investigators the president's public statements during the manafort trial including during jury deliberations also had the potential to influence the trial jury on the second day of trial, for example, the president called the prosecution a quote, terrible situation and a quote, hoax that quote, continues to stain our country and referred to Manafort as a quote, Reagan Dole Darling who was quote, serving solitary confinement, even though he was quote, convicted of nothing. Those statements were widely picked up by the press. While jurors were instructed not to watch or read news stories about the case and are presumed to follow these instructions, the president's statements during the trial generated substantial media coverage that could have reached jurors if they happened to see the statements or learned about them from others. And the statements during jury deliberations that Manafort, quote, happens to be a very good person, and that, quote, it's very sad what they've done to Paul Manafort, had the potential to influence jurors who learned of the statements, which the president made just as jurors were considering whether to convict or acquit Manafort. Redacted. harmed to ongoing matter. B. Nexus to an official proceeding. The president's actions towards Flynn, Manafort, redacted, harmed to ongoing matter, appear to have been connected to pending or anticipated official proceedings involving each individual. The president's conduct towards Flynn, redacted, harmed to ongoing matter, principally occurred when both were under criminal investigation by the special counsel's office, and press reports speculated about whether they would cooperate with the special counsel's investigation, and the president's conduct towards Manafort was directly connected to the official proceedings involving him the president made statements about manafort and the charges against him during manafort's criminal trial and the president's comments about the prospect of manafort flipping occurred when it was clear the special counsel continued to oversee grand jury proceedings c intent evidence concerning the president's intent related to flynn as a potential witness is inconclusive As previously noted, because of privilege issues, we do not have evidence establishing whether the president knew about, or was involved in, his counsel's communications with Flynn's counsel, stating that Flynn's decision to withdraw from the joint defense agreement and cooperate with the government would be viewed as reflecting, quote, hostility towards the president. And regardless of what the president's personal counsel communicated, the president continued to express sympathy for Flynn after he pleaded guilty pursuant to a cooperation agreement, stating that Flynn had, quote, led a very strong life and the president, quote, felt very badly about what had happened to him. Evidence concerning the president's conduct towards Manafort indicates that the president intended to encourage Manafort to not cooperate with the government. Before Manafort was convicted, the president repeatedly stated that Manafort had been treated unfairly. One day after Manafort was convicted on 48 felony charges and potentially faced a lengthy prison term, the president said that Manafort was, quote, a brave man for refusing to, quote, break, and that, quote, flipping, quote, almost ought to be outlawed. At the same time, although the president had privately told aides he did not like Manafort, he publicly called Manafort, quote, a good man, and said he had a, quote, wonderful family. And when the president was asked whether he was considering a pardon for Manafort, the president did not respond directly and instead said he had, quote, great respect for what he's done in terms of what he's gone through. The president added that, quote, some of the charges they threw against him, every consultant, every lobbyist in Washington probably does. In light of the president's counsel's previous statements, that the investigations, quote, might get cleaned up with some presidential pardons, and that a pardon would be possible if the president, quote, comes to the conclusion that you have been treated unfairly, the evidence supports the inference that the president intended Manafort to believe that he could receive a pardon, which would make cooperation with the government as a means of obtaining a lesser sentence unnecessary. We also examine the evidence of the president's intent in making public statements about Manafort at the beginning of his trial and when the jury was deliberating some evidence supports the conclusion that the president intended at least in part to influence the jury the trial generated widespread publicity and as the jury began to deliberate commentators suggested that an acquittal would add to pressure to end the special counsel's investigation by publicly stating on the second day of deliberations that manafort happens to be a very good person and that it's very sad what they've done to paul manafort right after calling the special counsel's investigation a rigged witch-hunt the president's statements could if they reached jurors have the natural tendency to engender sympathy for manafort among jurors and a fact-finder could infer that the president intended that result but there are alternative explanations for the president's comments including that he genuinely felt sorry for manafort or that his goal was not to influence the jury but to influence public opinion the president's comments also could have been intended to continue sending the message to manafort that a pardon was possible as described above, the President made his comments about Manafort being, quote, a very good person, immediately after declining to answer a question about whether he would pardon Manafort. Redacted. Harmed to ongoing matter. End of section 18.